Welcome to Buccaneer for Wildlife, a podcast hosted by me, Lucy Luck, where I talk to people across the Cornish County and beyond all about wildlife wonders, nature news and conservation in Cornwall. Hello listeners, how are you today? I hope January has been okay for you, it's a weird month for everyone. For me it was super busy, lots of birthdays, lots of big birthdays, but they're out the way now and I've done quite a lot of beach cleans which has been nice. Finding lots of different bits of plastic, I'm learning a lot about the different things that I'm finding which is really interesting and finding some cool natural history. So recently I went to the beach and I saw these two white things and they're the skeleton of a starfish and so I've got them with me now and so starfish have an exoskeleton that's made up of a really complex network of calcium carbonate plates and they're either granules or spines and in this case it was a spiny starfish so you can see all the spikes and it just acts as an armour to protect them from predators and because it's just the skeleton, you can really see it. And you can see everything, everything that's going on. And it's incredible. Now, today's episode's topic is going to be all about plastic pollution, specifically microplastics. So what are microplastics? Microplastics are tiny pieces of plastic that come from both commercial use and the breakdown of larger plastics. And officially, microplastics are defined as plastics that are less than five millimetres in diameter. And there's two categories of microplastics. There's primary and secondary. Primary microplastics are tiny particles which are used for commercial use. And that includes cosmetics, clothing and food packaging and can also include fishing gear. Whereas secondary microplastics are particles that result from the breakdown of larger items, for example, plastic water bottles. And this breakdown of plastic is caused by the exposure of environmental factors. And the main culprit of that being the sun's radiation and the ocean waves. Now, the issue with plastics of any size is that it can take hundreds to thousands of years to decompose. So did you know that a plastic bag can take 20 years to decompose while a plastic water bottle can take up to 450 years? Plastic pollutes our shores all over the world and is a real threat to marine life when consumed. And there have been several records of marine wildlife strandings relating to the ingestion of plastics from an albatross in America to a sperm whale in Spain. However, There are incredible organisations out there who are really fighting to turn the tide on plastic pollution. We have Surface Against Sewage, who are the leading organisation for plastic-free communities, Penzance being one of them, and in fact Penzance was the first one. Little fact for you there. We have Cornwall Wildlife Trust and the Your Shore Network, which is a network of 17 local marine volunteer groups who run hundreds of beach clean events every year. We also have Cornwall Plastic Pollution Coalition, also called CPPC, who do fantastic work in the local communities to raise awareness of plastic pollution. In fact, this February half term, Cornwall Wildlife Trust is partnering up with CPPC for an annual event called Love Your Beach, 
where local volunteer groups are organising beach cleans across Cornwall to battle the plastic villain, with the main focus being on microplastics. We also have some inspiring individuals who are taking the fight with plastic into their own hands by turning rubbish into remarkable artworks. Today's guest is one of those people. Michelle Costello, also known as Smarty Lids on the Beach, has a passion for conservation and wildlife. Growing up on the north coast of Cornwall, she spent years by the sea. Over time, she noticed the Cornish coast was changing from golden sands to multicoloured plastics, including the infamous Smarty Lids, turning interesting bits of plastic into beautiful colour wheels and masterpieces all from marine debris. A few weeks ago, I visited Michelle in her Cornish home and we spoke about all things plastic and beach treasures. I really enjoyed talking to Michelle and was generally blown away by her plastic collection. And of course, when I mean that, I'm specifically talking about her impressive Lego collection. I just was speechless. Speechless. So, without further ado, here is my interview with the wonderful... Michelle Costello. So welcome everyone. I'm here with Michelle in her art space. How are you Michelle? I'm okay, thank you Lucy. So today, it's the first time I've met you and you're lovely already (laughs) and you've shown me your entire collection and I'm blown away. I bored you. No, I love it. (laughs) The Lego box Blooming away straight away. It's just seeing everything, seeing a colour wheel in real life. It's been really, really cool. <laughs> I've loved, loved it. Absolutely loved and it. Hunting through my drawers of treasure. Yeah, it's been <laughs> incredible. So, yeah, thank you for inviting me to your home today. That's okay. And so, the reason I wanted to talk to you today is you've got an alter ego name yourself, your Smarty Lids on the Beach. Um, so, who is Smarty Lids on the Beach? When did that start? Like, tell us all about it. Well, Smarty Lids on the Beach um, really um, started in 2014 when um, my husband and I went for a, a romantic um, Valentine's Day walk on Perrinporth Beach um, after the winter storms. And um, we um, expected to just go for a, a, a beautiful beach walk and we just found tons and tons of plastic just littering the strand line and yeah I've seen plastic on beaches before I'd pick up the odd um, carrier bag but this was just like something I'd never seen it was it was really really weird and um, we we picked up um, plastic bottles and wrote this enormous um, help in capital letters I saw that out of um, out of bottles and it just, we started walking along to, to um, Perrin Sands and to Penhale. And um, you, in places you couldn't even see the sand. It, the, the, the sand, the strand line was full of plastic um, after, this, after these huge storms. And um, it just blew us away. We couldn't believe it. So um, I started to pick some plastic up. Um, and uh, yeah, when we got to Penhale, there was there was just lots and lots of weird bits, weird bits of plastic, um, broken pieces of plastic, 
and um, yeah, we filled our pockets and filled our rucksack with all these small little pieces. And in amongst these pieces were um, bits of Lego, little soldiers, um, unrecognisable bits of plastic, but also um, smarty lids. I found a few smarty lids that day and um, I brought them home and washed them and started to realise that I could quite quickly, that I could um, make a colour wheel out of all this plastic. And um, that's where it all began really. Um, but yeah, that day changed my life forever. Things were never the same after that day. And I, it, there was so much fisherman's uh, waste that I quickly realised that I had to become a vegetarian. I couldn't be part. Oh, really? I couldn't be part of that fishing industry anymore. Um, so I quickly became a vegetarian. And um, yeah, every time we'd go to the beach then, it, it, it was focused around doing a beach clean and removing as much plastic as, as I could. Um, and it became as well, it became a treasure hunt. So I am an absolute treasure hunter. It's the best part. You have no idea what you're going to find. No, you have no so idea. So exciting. You have no idea what you're going to find. Um, so, yeah, I should have been an archaeologist or um, I think secretly I'd love to be a metal detectorist. Um, <laughs> I haven't told my husband that yet. <laughs> um, I just love finding things in the environment. Pieces of pottery, um you know, weird um, seeds and nuts and things. Just in on a woodland walk, I love finding things. So, um, and shells and funny shaped pieces of driftwood on the beach. But then all these plastic pieces started to charm me and it, it just absolutely changed my life. Um, yes, yeah, so it became a, became a proper treasure hunt every time we go to the beach. But and I really was really interested in how I was going to find out more about this problem. So I came home and Googled it and Googled plastic on the beach, plastic on beaches. That's all I tapped in. And straight away, what came up was um, Lego Lost at Sea, Tracy Williams. Oh, so that was the first thing? Yeah, that was the first thing that um, that, that, that I was shown on, on Google was, wow. was, um, uh, was that. So I quickly contacted her and made a really good friendship with Tracy Williams. Oh, really? Yeah, and she oh, taught brilliant. me most of what I know. It's from <laughs> going on the beaches with Tracy. She, yeah, oh, wow. yeah. We um we would um do lots of beach cleans together. Um, in fact, one time a beach clean at Porth with Tracy and Delia from the CPPC. Yes. Um, we each found a set of false teeth. False teeth. Each of us. What real ones? Real false teeth. Yeah. Each each of us. Yeah. <laughs> One each. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So random. So random. Um and what are the chances? So yeah, you yeah. never know what you're gonna find. And wow. I think that it, it's so exciting. It so is. it became a real family um thing that we'd all do. My youngest daughter was really into it and she found the Lego octopus on Trigantle Beach when we were having it. We had a trip to Dragantle and she found the Lego octopus. Um, I have been hunting and hunting and hunting since 2014 for a Lego dragon, but haven't been able to find one. Um, and I'm ridiculed about it all the time because <laughs> I should be able to find one. Especially, they're quite I, big. They're really big. I they're honestly, quite big. I know. I know. It's really <laughs> and also, there were, there were only 
33,000 dragons um, lost off the container ship, the Tokyo Express. And there were only 4,200 octopus. So, yeah, my my daughter finds this lovely little octopus, but um, I cannot find a dragon. Um, Not a whole one, anyway. I've got a head, quite a tumbled um, head of a dragon. But, uh, yeah... Um, anyway, it's really annoying. You never know what you're going to find, Lucy. No. So, um, yeah, on the strand line, I was finding things from, like, from my childhood, and um, amongst the Lego, amongst the Smarty Lids, um, I was finding things like hair clips that I recognised from my childhood, and um, I was finding soldiers that I, re- I recognise that my brothers had. Um, I've got um, a head of a, um, what's he called? Um, an action man, a squashed action man. And um, cracker toys, toys um, that were found in, that were in the crackers in, 19, in the 1970s. They're quite distinctive. Um, and that wrapper, was it banjo? Yeah, banjo, um, a chocolate bar. Yeah, called uh, called banjo. Yeah, which was what that was before your time, or no, just was, at the start. No, it was probably eighties. Eighties. Um, do you want me to sing you the the tune? Oh God, okay, no. it goes banjo, banjo, the one for me and you, light and crispy wafer and toasted peanuts too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like it. it goes something like that. Yeah, so Stuck it's, on it's your head really from... <laughs> old. This this wrapper's really really old. Wow. Yeah. Um. Anyway, um, shall I tell you a bit about uh, Smarty Lids? Yes. So what, what about these famous Smarty Lids? So the Smarty Lids um, were um, a top of a tube of chocolate beans. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know what Smarty Lids were. So um, in 2005, they changed. They um, Nestle eliminated the lids from their um from their tubes and they made a hexa tube so they're the ones we know now they're the ones that are in the shops now it's like a hexagonal tube with an integral hinge lid it's a really clever little design but before that there was um this little lid and um you'd pop open the lid and you never knew what the letter was going to be on the underside so it was really exciting when you're a child to have uh, to not know what you were gonna what what letter you were going to get and um, you could um, collect the collect the lids and um, spell out your name. And they were a teaching aid, really. They were, um, yeah, a learning learning aid. The lids from the nineteen fifties were um, like imperial size. So some of the lids that I find that have been found, sorry, um, are enormous compared with the with the standard lid. They're almost an inch across. And you d- you don't find many. I've got two in my collection, but only because I've been gifted them. I can't find one. Um, they're from the 1950s, and the lids in the 1960s and 70s they were um, made a bit a little bit smaller, and they ha- often had a capital letter on them, or a um, a number. A number. Uh, yeah, some of them had numbers. Yep. Oh. Yeah. And then um, on the under, on the other side it says round trees. Um, but in the early 1990s, Nestle bought round trees and then the wording changed to Smarties. But still on the underside, there would be um, a letter. 
Um, so do you remember them from your childhood? I do. I've, I've told a few people and I'll say I do remember them. A few people say, but you're not, you're too young. But I, I do remember them. Whether yeah, it was you, no, you are old enough because um, it was the, it was, um, they weren't changed till 2005. Till 2005. So yeah, they were. I definitely remember them from like young, very younger years. Yeah. I remember the letters and wanting to get your name. Yeah, yeah. I, re- I remember that really well. And the yeah. fact that they were tubes, I remember that. Yeah. So um, Nestle, we think, wanted to eliminate um, plastic, any plastic really, from their packaging. Um, so it was a good move for them to to eliminate this little this little famous lid. Um, but um, also there was other reasons. Like the hexa tube is really clever. It um, doesn't roll off the shelves, so it stacks really nicely. Um, and also we think that lids, the lids were a bit of a choking hazard, so it was a good move for them to, to eliminate them from their packaging, but, um, we do miss them, but, <laughs> but they're, they're not a good thing really, they're are not. they? Because it's nostalgic. It's nostalgic. If you're a child and you had been bought a tube of Smarties in the 1990s and you're in the street and you, uh, dropped your Smartie lid... Where do you think it's going to go? It's going to go straight into the ocean. It's going to go into a river if you're yeah. in a city. And that's going to go straight into the ocean. Yeah, it's going to go down the drain. So if it rains, that little lid is going to go down the drain and into a watercourse, into a river and out to sea. So that's why we think there are so many lids washing up on our strand lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and the most recent one I found was at Perrin Porth. Here it is. And it's a G. So when was that? So that they're still they're still washing up now. They're still washing up now. And this is a really old one. I love the colour. Yeah, this is a really old oh, one. So, so that's got a round tree. tree. Yeah, that's a round tree one. So that's from um, the nineteen, probably the nineteen seventies, eighties, definitely before nineteen ninety. Oh, that's insane. And that's my New Year lid. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's um still yeah there's proof it's it's... it's really strange it's almost like there it was to meet me because there wasn't much on the strand line to be honest there was a few nurdles there was a few little microplastic little chunks of unidentifiable just pieces but there there was there was and there was some fishing debris as well there was some fisherman's kisses and then there was this lid and it's totally recognisable. It's really distinctive, really stands out in the environment. And there it was. Wow. It's so strange. Just like for it, you. It was for me. Really weird. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's a story of lids. But people ask oh. me how they get onto the beaches. And I think that, yeah, some children might eat their Smarties on the beach. But generally, I think they've been washed down drains. Especially in the 70s, 80s, there were more probably sweet shops around the corner and yeah. kids hanging outside a bit more, so actually eating their yeah. sweets outside with their mates and they, they drop them, yeah. so it makes sense. And it was really, really popular um, for children to stamp. You, you eat your Smarties, you put the uh, lid back on and then you stamp on the tube and the lid shoots. Did you know that? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, the lid shoots. So your your, your tube is um, oh. squash flat, but um, yeah, they it's shot like that off. It's game you do with your fingers and like you can just like, you see along, you can flick a bit of... Tiddlywinks. Yes. A bit like that. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Well, that yeah. makes sense. They, they shot they off. They probably sh- and specifically like, oh, I bet I can shoot it into that drain. Yep. <laughs> it's a bullseye, I got it in the drain. Yeah. And then, that makes sense. Yeah, and then out to, out to sea, eventually ended up on our beaches. God. It's just yeah. proof. 
plastic is just always it's always around it's like lego has been washing up for 25 years yeah stuff's washing up from the 80s they're lasting so long they're not even changing they're they're looking a little bit rough around the edges and a bit like sandpapered by the sand and the rocks but they're they're virtually unchanged yeah. aren't they and like the lego the lego is is just still looking new 25 years later after the container spill it's still looking new you could still use it in your lego building yeah, set you could so how was how long have you been doing this plastic for like collecting plastic good well, over 10 years no since 2014 2014 yeah, yeah. since 2014 that was the Valentine's Day. That was the that was the date. Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah. It and really I, stuck in my head that date. Have you yeah. seen how plastic has changed? Is there less? Is there more? It depends on the time of year. So, um, Gwythian Beach last year, the rock pools were full of plastic. You couldn't even see the water. There That's was disgusting. water float. There was um, plastic floating on the water in the rock pools. So you couldn't even see the water. Penzance gets quite bad. Even now, it's like along the prom and you've got Jubilee Pool, there's that beach that's in the corner bit. Mm-hmm. It's just the plastic. It's just, I don't know what the word is, but it's just like a, a floating island of, of litter. Yeah. And it just collects there. Yeah, the specific... It's disgusting. The sea sorts out plastic. It does. It sorts it out into its sizes and densities so yeah, we we head straight for the strand line. We we must go for a beach clean together. I we think, will. Lucy. We will. I'll meet you down at Marazai, and I'll show you my secret hunting spot. I have to. I'm desperate to find. <laughs> You've got to find a Lego flipper. I need to. It is literally it's my it's my New Year's resolution. As I don't make them. It was just to find a bit of Lego. That's send me a message. Send me a message. I'll meet you there. <laughs> let's do that. No, let's do that. Let's do that. So you've you've learned a lot about plastic. You've met a lot of people who are involved in the plastic world and you've got a past in school. Is this, are you still doing that? How are you, how are you raising awareness <clears throat> with the plastic? Yeah, so I um, worked at Eleven School for, for 10 years and I started to take um, groups of children to the beach to do beach cleans. And then we'd come back to school and do uh, and make things out of, um, out of the plastic that we found, like um, mosaics and... Um, um mobiles um but when i left uh school to work on my art full time um i realized that i still had skills to offer um children in schools so i started to volunteer with the cppc and that stands for cornish cornish, cornish plastic pollution coalition that's it cornish plastic pollution coalition so we're a, a group of um, about 60, um, 60 groups, 60 marine conservation and environmental groups. So that links with the Your Shore Network as well. Yes, yeah. And I um, volunteer with, um, with Delia. Um, we go into schools and talk to the children about um, plastic on our beaches, how they think it gets there how they can stop it getting there in the first place. That's the key really, is to, number one, get them to, if they've, if they've had a chocolate bar, to put, if they can't find a bin, to put the wrapper in their pocket and not let it fall on the ground. Because yeah, we're teaching them that um, if they're in a park or if they're in their road or if they're in a the street, 
is stopping that plastic getting into the environment in the first place um, because it will end up washing on washing up on our beaches and, and also in our environment oh, in our general environment yeah. it's not good to see litter no I do some stuff in school as yeah. well and it's such a shame to see but it is littered because mm. of the plastic that they have in their pet lunches yes so aiming the school kids yeah. is going to have a huge impact if you can really influence them yeah to change yeah. their behaviour and not do it but you, yeah. it's hard because they don't necessarily make their pet lunches parents no, they do don't. so you need but to influence if... them to then go home tell their parents and change yeah. that attitude that's the hard bit yeah but but getting them to think um about their choices about the choices mm-hmm. that they're making um so if they can have an orange um with its natural packaging yeah <laughs> its skin um instead of a packet of crisps so yeah getting them to think about little changes that they can make having an apple instead of a chocolate bar I mean, it's ultimately it's healthier for them but yeah. it's not got, it's not got any plastic on it um yeah so we get them to think about that and we get them to think about um being a detective uh, which is what I spend a lot of my time doing. So I look at what I find and see if there's any clues on it um, as to as to what it might be, what it might have been and how it might have got there in the first place, how it might have got to the beach. So we get children um, to look, look for writing on plastic and, um, yeah, get them to think about... Um, Just where it's come from. Where it's come from and say it was a balloon... If it had some writing on it, they could write to that company and say, please don't have a balloon release. It's just empowering them yeah. and get, making them aware that they can be a little detective. And they can use their voice. They can make that change. Yeah. yeah. I watched a documentary recently, actually, called The Wrecking Season. Mm-hmm. I'll send you a link. I don't know if you've seen it Oh, or yeah, not. I've seen it. Have you seen it? Yeah. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> and all about the, cap, the gunshot capsules. Mm-hmm. And just that one guy, he just... Was like, what was his name? Like Dave or Fred? I don't know. He made buddies with someone in America. Like, oh yeah, your shotguns. Yeah, are because they up. shoot. Um, yeah, they shoot birds. Well, but the, that um, is that birds. communication of Cornwall yeah. to America. Yeah. Because he just traced the number and or lobs the pots. It's it's so easy to find the origin now with the internet, which you yeah. can, which is probably why we're finding so much now because the internet's kind of been around as much as plastic's been. So yeah. we're finding out a lot more. Yeah. But incredible. I love it. I love it. And you mentioned you've got a bird ring that you managed to trace back to Norway. Mm-hmm. So I found this metal bird ring and um, it had a number. And uh, I sent an email to, um, yeah, Norway, the museum in Norway. And they told me that it was from a kestrel and that they told me when it was born so when i found the bird dead it it was only three months old um so yeah you can really find out things i wonder how it died it was only Mm, three months old i don't know could have been avian flute could have been anything could have been anything it was quite a few years ago now um but yeah it could have been could have been anything could have been natural it could have been shot (laughs) just don't know yeah just don't know and so we're in your office now and there's art everywhere mm. tell us about that like your <laughs> rainbow wheel is fascinating <laughs> so um they take me a long time to make do they <laughs> yeah. they take me hours and hours oh. um so this this big color wheel can take me about between 
don't know, 10, 20 <gasps> hours to make it. And that's not including picking up the plastic in the first place. No, that's true. <laughs> so it's probably like two or three hours per colour segment. Yeah, especially, <laughs> especially on the big the big wow. colour wheels. So basically it's like a, a little jigsaw puzzle. So in that, um, in that segment, say the red segment, I have to carefully select little pieces of plastic. Um, it could be, um, like you say, a shotgun cartridge. Have you got... It, oh, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, one there. Yeah. It could be um, the flip lid of a very liquid bottle. It could be... Um, toothbrush. A toothbrush. It could be a golf tee. Um, Is that a petal? A fake petal in the pink? Yeah. yeah, that's a fake... Yeah, that's a fake petal. Do you want to know about those? Yeah. <laughs> they are from... Um, graveyards so some people um instead of putting fresh flowers on a grave they'll put fake flowers on the grave and with the wind and the strimmers well, i live very close to a to a cemetery and the council will just come along and do some strimming and those fake flowers plastic flowers petals will end up in the environment and eventually could wash up on our beaches and i have quite quite a few mm. quite a few fake flowers um yeah there's some um fisherman's rope there there's a comb there's a soldier so i i'll just start with the red and then i'll select um a few pieces of plastic that i think are going to fit together nicely and then it's basically like for me it's like a little jigsaw puzzle and i'll lay them all out and um they'll fit in together they, if it looks nice i um glue them down so it's wow. yeah it, it is um quite eye-boggling <laughs> it is i'm just staring at it just oh yeah they are they are very popular and i make them in all different sizes so i make them so tiny all, tiny, the tiny one ones. out there a long well. one out there that's my biggest one although i have made a bigger one than that an enormous an enormous one for somebody um they they yeah they take up a lot of headspace and they make my eyes go a bit funny so when I want to have a bit of time away from when I've made one, I'll um I'll make some uh, nerdle seed heads afterwards wow. just to um calm me down and make me feel relaxed and to restore. They're quite restorative. It so is. these are well, they're sort of they're supposed to be like cow parsley. Oh, I see. Um, or um kind of like dandelions yeah, seed, as well. like dandelions yeah lots some people call them trees some people call them flowers but wow. they they i love anything like um cow parsley um what are they called yeah seed heads um sweet sicily wild yeah. carrot any of those seed head um I, I just love them so yeah I've got a huge assortment of them there like, wow and <laughs> um, so yeah so then that I um I hand draw those they're hand drawn and then each little seed has been placed carefully with um a tweezers and the seeds are nurdles and bio beads so, so what, do you know about those what's the difference between nurdles and a bio bead so a nurdle is the sort of yellowy ones, they're about the size of a lentil. And people say, oh, have they been tumbled by the sea to be right. to end up being that shape and round like that? But they haven't. That is as they were lost. Uh -huh. They were that shape. So little round pellets, they look like a little lentil and they are used in the plastic industry. And when they start off, they are like a see-through um, 
see-through translucent sort of color and then if they've been in the environment for a long time they pick up some they change the color from uv rays will change their color to this yellow oh, so discolored color yeah they're just discolored um so that's that's them and they're used in the plastic industry so i actually went to southampton to see firsthand um a plastics factory to see how they get used to see not how they get used but to see how they're being spilt oh yeah so, so I, i'm looking at it from, from the, the other angle so this company were making um cling film i think oh. and they're on the river up in southampton and um the depot was closed at the time so we were we were outside the depot and you could see these massive dumpy bags full of these tiny tiny uh, how big are they they're like two or three cent uh, two or three millimeters yeah. three three or four millimeters um and we we could see these dumpy bags that um they're basically like tar- made from tarpaulin sort of tarpaulin yeah, yeah. bags and they're huge these dumpy bags have to be picked up with a machine and these- filled up with filled up with them and they were deteriorating in the sun and the wind and the rain these bags are deteriorating and these these tiny microplastics are spilling out from these dumpy bags into the into the car park where they're stored and they're spilling down the drain and i could see firsthand where they were going they were going down the drain and they were going out to sea they were going out to the river, to the Solent. The fact it's from yes stage one of the process yep. has been lost. I assumed it was, well, it probably is as well. It probably transport is. Transport as well. Transport, the car, uh, um, a cargo ship could yeah. have a massive car, a massive container full of those. Can just... you imagine? And it did happen. Yes, out on it the, did. I can't remember the place now, but the beach was covered in them and they were with the white ones. But I can't Lord. remember where it was now, but yeah. But anyway, this is... Um, these were being spilt right That's under insane. my nose, you know, and they were literally going down the drain. You could see that it was raining and they were going down the drain. And then we went down onto the um, river and there's a lovely bend in the river where there's a nature reserve. And the na- the um, reed beds were full of mountains of these, of these nurdles. So not only is it leaking straight away, it's gone straight into straight a wildlife there. Straight into habitat. a wildlife area, yeah. Yeah, so these um, factories, and there's three of them on this bend of this river in Southampton, and they, um, th- yeah, the th- three factories, and then this bend of this river is a, a little nature area, and the um, wild birds were nesting um, in these reed beds that were full of these uh, these um, awful things. That when they're lost in the environment, they are looking just like an an egg. They look like just like a fish egg. Yeah. And so they're eaten by fish, and they're eaten by birds. Or it's like bits of plastic you have has clearly been gnawed by oh, mouse. a rodent or a yeah, mouse. Yeah. And then the other ones that are coloured, um, they are bioweeds, and they're used in a water sewage treatment plant. Oh. And they're spilling out into the environment because the equipment that they're used to um, be stored in and the water flows past them and uh, goes out to sea and they cling on to the toxins that are in the water but the equipment that's used to store them is deteriorating and they are being spilled out onto our beaches and Perrin, um, Port Tower is covered with those yeah they're the 
they're the they're the bio beads. They're the um chunky ones. They've got ridges on the them. The more blue ones. Blues and um you get them in black. They're lumpy looking and yeah, so that's them. So I collect them in their hundreds, um, sometimes with a sieve, and um, use them in my art. But wow. that's quite a relaxing. It's quite I feel it it's does. quite it mindful really nice. when I make those and. Yeah, they're they're nice to make and they're yeah, they're they're lovely. They're very popular. The colours yeah. are nice, aren't they? It's really nice. People can't believe that they are from the beach. They can't believe it. Yeah, but if you look, like Mara's Iron's really bad. Yep. Thousands, mm-hmm. thousands. Mm. You can just miss them. Wow. So you 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 use your art to spread awareness of just different plastics. Yes. Kind of without realising as well when you first did it, you were just making this art and now it's yeah. It's clearly, it's, one wheel has got thousands of pieces of plastic that all has its own story. Mm-hmm. So in that large colour wheel, there's over 200 pieces of plastic in that? In that. Yeah. Wow. So that, hanging on someone's wall, is um, telling a story. It's conversation starting. Um, it's a statement piece, isn't it? It, it is. makes people talk about, oh, do you know where all this is from? Oh, it's from the beach. And it makes that makes that conversation start with people so yeah um raising awareness i can chat plastic all day long (laughs) that's amazing what's your favorite piece you've either commissioned or you've made yourself well i have um a color wheel that i um the first one i made um and it's full of uh uh, toys from my toys from my childhood really um so when I look at it it's um it's comforting (laughs) yeah you and you 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 never tire of looking at you see something different in it all the time um and you think oh gosh yeah look at him he's he's from a cereal packet um (laughs) snap crackle pop yeah he's a little cereal (laughs) from a cereal packet and oh yeah look at that little um soldier or yeah it makes me um yeah, it makes me nostalgic, I suppose. So that's one I'm going to keep. Mm-hmm. Um, but the behind you, I qu- I'm quite fond of that um, wave. It's amazing. So it's made from, um, oh, again, over 200 pieces of plastic, starting off dark pieces down the bottom, and then at the top of the crest of the wave, they go um, nice and pale blue. And I I decided quite quickly that I think I should keep that one because I'm really Absolutely. fond of it. And can you see the little flipper? I can, it's right there. Yeah, the little blue Lego wow. flipper. Amazing. <laughs> so what do you see, how do you see Smarty Lives on the Beach, your art in the future, the way you raise awareness? What does the future look like? To be honest, Lucy, I think I am so happy doing what I do that I don't, think things are going to change for a while my art's still really popular um and it's selling really well and it's still sending that lovely message out so i don't i don't think things are going to change too much i'm going to carry on doing what i do doing what i absolutely love cleaning beaches and making art from the pocketfuls of plastic that i find (laughs) quirky art i'm looking right now at a little cat so this little cat is an, oh, I don't know, an unknown piece of plastic here. Don't know what that was. No. It was just as I found it, that little piece. And then this, his head has been made from um, a child's uh, lost football. Oh. And then there's some pieces of um, fake um, leaves here. 
and some leaves that I've cut and a little and a bee, bee. <laughs> and he is a little nerdle that I've just put some little black stripes on to make him into a bee. That's I mean, brilliant. I, I just love, I love yeah. creating things wow. and making things that make people smile. Um, it's really important to me. It's good. It's, it's, mm. it's a good way to be. <laughs> so I know you've got a real passion for wildlife. Tell us a bit more about that. Where's it stemmed from? What are the passions? So yeah, I've always had a passion for wildlife. Um, I think it came from my grandfather, who was my papa, I, just called him, mm -hmm. I called him papa, and he would take us to the wood and he would say, keep your eyes peeled. Have you ever heard that expression? Keep your eyes peeled. I have. Keep Not your many eyes people peeled. use it. Yeah, keep your eyes peeled. So I always imagined oranges for eyes, which is a little bit freaky, but it stayed with me, that keep your eyes peeled. peeled, keep looking and be quiet. We always had to be super, super quiet. Um, and yeah, we would go down to Tahiti Woods and um, look for woodpecker. He'd be proud actually, because I've I've um, I've kept that up and I'm a, I'm a bit of an avid um, bird watcher. <laughs> Not waders, I don't know my waders mm -hmm. at all, um, but I love garden birds and um, I love um, mammals. In the thought of um, badgers and deers in my local environment just oh, fills me with joy. But um, beaches, um, going back to, to beaches, um, looking after the wildlife that lives in our environment, especially on the beaches, is so important because um, of what we've done with um, plastics, fishermen debris, um, it's it's really scary that um, animals are living amongst it and uh, so that's really important for me that, that sort of keeps me going keeps me cleaning beaches taking off as much um, fishermen's waste as I can because if you see a loop in a in a, um, a piece of rope a seal can easily get its head in that loop and then that piece of rope is going to go and stay with that animal for life and if that animal is young, that, um, into it. that loop is going to get tighter and tighter and cut into that growing seal's body. So um, I take as much um, fisherman's debris as I can. And um, being aware of, um, of, of things in the environment like um, frisbees with holes in the middle, um, they're terrible. They're terrible for, for seals. I've seen a seal um, from the clifftop. I look down through my binoculars and I saw a seal with a frisbee around its neck and um, I phoned um, the um, BDLMR to um, to tell them about it that's the British divers um, to tell them and um, yeah they sent out someone to rescue this lovely seal um, so yeah I, I'm, I'm passionate about um, the the thought of the, the um, I mean, this isn't in Cornwall, but the albatrosses in the on the island. You the say Sand. that a few have been seen in St Ives recently. What albatross? Yeah, <laughs> it's been such a random thing, but they've just flown across St Ives. It's been like two sightings. <laughs> no way! Yeah. So random. So the Laysan albatross um, in Midway Atoll. Oh, the, the heartbreaking um, sight of those bird carcasses, the baby bird carcasses that are being fed. Um, plastic pieces by its loving mum and dad it just just really affected me um but yeah now I, I i i want to just look after my my local area look after my local beaches and um take litter from my 
parks and um, lanes. I take litter from my lane all the time because I know that it's going to end up on the beach and have a detrimental effect to um, to our beautiful wildlife. So, yeah, that's that's me. That's me. <laughs> that's amazing. And you know you're saving a life. Every it sounds so cliche, but it does. You, you are saving a life yeah. with every bit of plastic you get rid of. Yeah. The loop is a very big takeaway the from loop. this. Mm. But also plastic bottles, the end of it, like it can look like a jellyfish for some. Yeah, yeah. Plastic bags. So it's, it's really important. Two minute beach clean as well. Two minute beach clean. Martin Dory is amazing. Um, yeah, I did. Yeah, I've met him. Have you? Have you met him? I haven't met I've met him and his girls. So oh. years ago, he was, his two minute beach clean was quite, sort of quite in its infancy really. And um, my daughter was quite young and his daughters were quite young. And um, we met at Perrinporth and we met um, oh, the news round lady. And she talked to our daughters about Lego on the beaches. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That was that was years ago. That could have been two thousand and fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, but Martin, he's amazing. Wow, so inspirational. I'm always following Two Minute Beach Clean, and yeah, yeah, incredible. Yeah, they are. They are amazing. Well, thank you, Michelle. That's okay. Such a nice episode and recording. (laughs) We've been talking for hours off and on this as well. We have. Um, but thank you. That's okay. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you, Lucy. That was so lovely, Michelle. Thank you so much for welcoming me into your home and being an amazing guest on the podcast. I look forward to many treasure hunts with you in the future. That's a wrap on today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to follow Michelle on her artistic adventures with plastic, you can follow her on social media at Smarty Lids on the Beach. Before I go, an event shout out. From the 11th to the 19th of February, Cornwall Wildlife Trust and CPPC are running several beach clean events across the Cornish County. This is back to what I was saying at the start of the episode, all focusing on microplastics. And if you'd like to attend any of these events, head to Cornwall Wildlife Trust's event page at www.cornwallwildlifetrust.org.uk forward slash events. I will also leave the link in the show notes. Thank you listeners so much for joining me and I will be back in March with a new guest and new stories to tell. Until then, see ya!